not. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point. That's what I was about to say. That like it's just depressing going to Oberhof because it's always like, oh, we when we used to go there on the tour to ski, it'd be the week before the bathlon, or this year we're going the week after the bathlon, and they absolutely bloody love bathlon, and there's like a million people there watching, and there's these amazing crowds, and it's great. And then we go there, and there's like the local nursery has forced all the children to go and watch, and there was no one else apart from that. Skirius problems. Right, Mika, what's the Skirius problem then? Oh, my lips are fucking sunburned, mate, I'm not gonna lie. We're here in the video, Muzzy is having a laugh at us already. Um, I've got a Skirius problem. What's your scariest problem? You've just been a grumpy little fuck. Uh, <laughs> like, just like, <gasps> oh, I've trained four hours, I'm so tired, we have to do a podcast. <laughs> so, we've got a Christmas special today, and we got a cool guest that we've been slagging off the whole time in this podcast, so we thought, okay, fuck it, we actually need to have him on. Muzzy bells, muzzy bells, muzzy all the way, oh, what fun is to ride. <laughs> <laughs> that was a horrific intro but thanks it i'm actually quite pleased about being on the podcast i think i might be the podcast's biggest fan <laughs> i did rate it um although i'm slightly dubious about how today's episode's going to be because mika's just been grumpy and won't like make any form of plan and i think we might just be rambling on quite a lot but we'll see how it goes yeah we're gonna see how it goes um jimmy give us a little uh sum up on the podcast where are we what are we doing uh what's the crack yeah we're in Livigno, having a little altitude camp preparing for tour de ski and um yeah having a bit of banter with muzzy oh yeah it's been great banter <laughs> I, i've actually been quite enjoying it because all uh i'm like the world's worst student i've been like studying for about 100 years but this year i'm actually trying to try and finish off like uh like my masters and all that so i've been doing quite a bit of uni this autumn and been like dead antisocial whereas now i'm at, it's christmas i can hang out with the lance and have a bit of banter how long have you been studying like 10 years or something possibly, possibly <laughs> more than 10 years <laughs> i started in 2012 and still not done i think i might be setting a new record for like the longest time to do a master's degree but you just do like did, did you do like just a few subjects per year at the start Oh, a bit of a mix. I've done mostly like 50% of what a normal student does. And then some years I've not done anything. And then other years I've done 75%. Uh, so a bit of a mix. You're going to study more from now until spring, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, so I've got to do my master's thesis from after Christmas. So you're basically a full-time student from after Christmas. And you are going to try to win a World Cup. Yeah. Is that going to work? We'll see. Um, I'm going to attempt to do a master's thesis. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's good effort though, breaking up with your girlfriend, because now you've got fucked on time to do a ton of training and a ton of studying. Because you, how many hours did you train in July? I actually know this, but so don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quite a lot. How many? Over. Oh, maybe like around about 130 plus a bit of strength. So. As like only easy training and no intervals at all, sure. Mo a lot of easy training, a uh, few intervals in the mix there. How many times a week? 
probably about four a week on average. <laughs> <laughs> Such a break. Yeah. Tell you what, it's funny because it's a bit of the same with like uh, Iri Altamiras. We were skiing with him today, uh, like on the first day we arrived in the Vigno, and he was oh, I'm not doing any training this week. Oh, I can do way more. And I was asking my trainer. I, he didn't want me to train so much. And then me and Mika were like, oh, how much are you training? Oh, I'm only doing 24 hours this week. <laughs> Considering there was one travel day. There was one travel day. He's done like four uh, conti- weeks of continuous racing. And it's a tour to ski next week. So like 24 hours is like quite a decent amount of training for this week. It's- and he's got a broken back. And the doctors have told him he's not meant to do any training. <laughs> <laughs> and he can only do skate or the gym. <laughs> what, so- I feel a bit sorry about him because from what I've understood, like the back's really proper fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I think it's like he's got like two herniated discs or something and and then when he was at the gym yesterday i was speaking to him about it and he's like yeah the doctors told me to do some mobility go to the gym this is a really bad reaction i don't want to <laughs> bother trying to do it uh yeah they were like i'll do the do mobility go to the gym um and rest and he's like oh yeah but it's the season so i can't rest <laughs> so he's <laughs> just smashing out like hours in the gym and just skating hopefully he'll be able to race though hopefully he'll be able to have a not fuck back when he's 40. Yeah, that's true as well. But imagine if you count classic and you plan to do tour de ski and there's like three classic stages. That's not so not ideal. ideal when you can't really double fall. Yeah, but it's like he's just got to get to the last stage and then he can win up Alps and me. It, Has he been that good up Alps and me before? I think he was like seventh or eighth last year, so quite good. Yeah, but Mika's going to win this year, so... Is he though? <laughs> he, he said he's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> he's been nobbing on about it for ages now, so he better win. Otherwise, he was good. He loves going on about how good he was when he was going up Lisa Bottom, but it was also not. He did also not win going up Lisa Bottom in the summer. That is skis. true. That is very true. <laughs> yes, but I like the idea of winning uh, off the Jeremy, so I'm just gonna keep going on about it, if, even if I'm shit. Now, then I'll just say oh, I'll win it next year then. Fair enough. Sounds- I mean, you've been going on about winning a World Cup for like the past maybe 10 years and you haven't really done it, have you? No, not really. It's not been going so well. But I think I'm going to do it every time I'm on the start line. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a fucking personal best at 33, though. That's true. That's true. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, there were no Russians. Probably helps. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know, just skied marginally less slow than I normally do. It was insane because in the uh, classic part of skiathlon, I got so fucked. You were skiing so hard and it didn't even look like you were doing like a hard effort or like trying insanely hard. It just looked like you went this steady pace that you could maintain maintain easily. And I was just like, (laughs) hoping I'd survive. And that was a really weird sound that I just (laughs) made. But how about myself now? How are you going to, because you've been quite good in previous seasons. Yeah. Uh, but then you ma- you didn't manage to like keep it, or last year you were super good at the start of the season. And then you didn't, you were not as good for the rest of the season. Why is that, you reckon? Well, last year I probably shouldn't have done like five intervals in five days at altitude at Christmas <laughs> without <laughs> taking any lactate measurement and going way too hard. That's probably not the most ideal scenario. Uh, Before tour to ski. Yeah. 
that how there's like a week before Toys Gear or yeah, yeah. Because I was just doing like the same little interval block I've been doing at home and like, probably didn't like take into account it's going to be altitude <laughs> and like uh, wasn't on the same treadmill I was using normally at home and was I was doing a lot of them running because then I have like standard sessions but it was different treadmill and I was quite a lot higher and I kind of forgot to take my lactate measure with me so it was bulk faff and I think I probably just got a wee bit tired every day fucking hell so no 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 not every day. But if it's a week, yeah. But I did like two, two days with two and one day with one. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. So I did like. So I didn't do all running. I did, did like, double. So you did double intervals running two times. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. No. So I didn't do them all running. Okay. So I did like, so I did three days of running intervals, and then two of those days I had a ski interval as well. Yeah. Um. So it's like everyday running interval, and then on two of the days you added an extra ski interval. Yeah, but yeah. I think I probably did the running intervals the evening interval if I did it. I can't remember, to be honest. <laughs> but anyway, I was bulk faffing because I didn't go very fast at the Tour de Ski. But did you do anything different? Because I remember last year you didn't really train insane amounts. It's just like basically this steady, or you were telling me at least, yeah. you were training like this steady amount. And then this year in like September, Jimmy starts going on all of a sudden. It's like, wait, apparently Muzzy's trained like 130 hours in July. But like you didn't do that last year, did you? Nah, not so much. But to be honest, I just like wanted to see how much I could train in July. So like last year, I just did quite a lot of intervals, and then I was going to see if I could do quite a lot of interval and train lots, and I did that in July, and it kind of worked. But I got, were... I got a bit tight. I got a bit. It was a bit hard. So I don't think I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do 130 hours. You quite get a blink though. Like, long... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I was, I was quite good. But like, if I did just, it wouldn't have been sustainable. Like I don't reckon to do it. The whole year, I would have yeah. just been a bit shagged mentally by the yeah. autumn if I'd done that. So good effort though, good effort. But they, they were like we were talking about Muzzy saying he's gonna win races for ages. I remember this one time in in Golo when it was the year you didn't go to Ruka for the opening races. Yeah, and then you decided before the distance race, the fifteen k classic, you decided it was gonna be a good idea to go for a three hour running session with a weight vest, fasted, <laughs> <laughs> and you raced on the fourth hour yeah. without having breakfast yeah. and then and then you were like i remember before the before doing it you were like yeah i'll probably win anyway or i do this is such <laughs> this is <laughs> such <laughs> a lot this is like youngest story that you boys are going on <laughs> because it is younger that has spread this like i did not think i was gonna win i was doing it because i was training to try and get good for races later i didn't think i was gonna ra- win that race but then it's young has <laughs> made up this rumor but i said i was yeah gonna, it's good though it's, it's a good rumor i was definitely not thinking i was gonna win but nah. like, why would you let the truth stand in the way of a good story <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but they because that just makes me sound like a bell end but you are a bell end <laughs> <laughs> thanks uh but you did you were you still beat me by quite a lot in that race i remember oh, yeah, i mean i wasn't very but, good but yeah <laughs> like beating you <laughs> distance races that's such an achievement great uh, <laughs> um but then the day after there was a sprint and you were like eight year for something yeah but i was obviously going to be tired the day after doing that but that's the thing i can go to races and just do it as like part of my training whereas younger is always like a nerd and he's like oh muzzy he's such an idiot why is he doing this look at his results and i'm like do i really care about goal i was thinking about the races the week after whereas younger younger is a worsener and obviously you're a bit of a worsener <laughs> to do rubbish at the races no but i i i think it's super good to be able to oh i i think it's impressive to be able to do races as purely as training 
but I think it's also difficult. Lots of people find it super difficult to just train a ton and then race because the race is not going to be as good as you yeah, can yeah. be. Or if you've done as many crap races as me, then you're not really so worried about yeah. doing another crap race. So I'm not. What was quite funny was you were like you were like maybe 30th or something on the Norwegian Cup. Yeah. And then the week after, you were like six in Little Armour, right? In the scam? No, I... Th- Oh, was it little? I can't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Or you were at least top 10. Yeah. And then, uh, and then everybody was, or like everybody was, oh, how did you come so good in one week? (laughs) And I think it's funny sometimes when you see people doing really bad at races and then being super good, like shortly after. Sometimes just that they do stupid shit like Muzzy. Oh, but apparently it wasn't, or turned out that it wasn't stupid shit. It was just training for races after yeah, yeah. It was fucking but how, how do you make this shit up like seriously how do you think oh i'm gonna do like three hours fasted and race the fourth hour with a weight vest running oh just because it was kind of what i've been doing in the summer and then like i quite felt like if i'd have been doing sessions a bit like that the week before i was doing i did super good in lots of roller ski races and then it was like I had sort of standard sessions where I'd go for a long fasted session with a weights vest and then I would do and then I would like feel good in the roller ski races a week later. So I was like, Oh, I thought I'd try in a ski race, see how it went. Yeah. Talking about roller ski races, is it fair to say that you're a much better roller skier than cross country skier? Uh not skate, but probably classic. Yeah. Yeah, like if there was a classic like world championships roller skiing, I reckon uh, There probably is. Oh yeah, there probably is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like, if there was like one anyone cared about, then <laughs> then I'd like put myself as one of the main favourites. Whereas, like, if you got Evo and Johannes and all that, if it's a normal World Championships, like, I could, I feel like I can. If they don't have a super good day and I do have a super good day, then I can win. But like, um, wouldn't be the favourite. Whereas on roller skis, on you get grip no matter what you do on roller skis, and you can just absolutely yeah. But to be fair, you did you did quite good in the Vismas. Uh, then season last year, oh yeah, did all right. Yeah, you won a race and no, you were second. No, no, I was third. Third, and then, and then which one was that? Summit to Senya. Right, stud. Oh, right, stud. And then yeah. Summit Senya, you were. I wasn't so good. Faffed a bit on that one. I was like, I can't remember. Five, six. No, 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 no. It must have been ten. I can't even remember. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, you definitely won the party though. Did I? I don't think so. Now you won the party because I've got a good video of you doing a stage dive. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were definitely better. Than I, well, I don't think I was so good at that part. Oh, I think we're, we're, we're talking about Sophia uh, previously on a pot um, that she's quite up for the session. But you're quite up for the session as well, aren't you? Oh, it goes in a bit waves. Um, I think I went out quite a lot this year. But that was just because I couldn't be hooped sitting at home on my own on a Saturday night. So <laughs> it was better going to get smashed instead. Yeah. Yeah. Muzzy's good fun when he's drunk. Yeah. He did shit himself once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because he was so drunk. <laughs> oh, this is great podcast stuff. <laughs> Um, here's me like being like the biggest podcast fan ever and like thinking you guys are legends <laughs> and then like yesterday you put out a video of me using a massage gun on my knob and now you're talking about me I, we did, I did ask you about this and you said yeah no worries <laughs> I was just too nice yeah. but I think it made a lot of people laugh so it was all worth it yeah, okay but but I feel like 
that's one of the things that you are, it's like everything you do, you are kind of extreme in. Nah, not so much. <laughs> nah, not like... Definitely. Nah, What are you nah, not yeah. extreme in then? Lots of stuff. Remember that, th remember that time you decided you were going to get skinny? You don't think you were extreme there? Oh, oh yeah, yeah tell, us, that... tell us about that. You did this real good diet once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so there was one year I was up for going fast on the tour de ski and I was like, oh, I've got like my VO2 max isn't so bad and all that. The only thing that I'm just like compared to like Shooter and all the guys that go fast up the hill, I'm just a bit heavy. So I was going to get skinny. And then we had this, we had Nigel, this nutritionist with us and he was dead. Uh, sorry, Mika's like, uh, making gestures at me that I'm speaking too quietly. Um, Speak a little bit louder. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I got distracted. Anyway, so I was... Um, We had this nutritionist, Nigel, and he made this like plan for me in the summer. And I, I did like a like food diary for him for a week or two. And then he made a little plan for me. And it was like, eat this much food and blah, 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 and have this much. And then the plan was to try and lose like a half kilo or a kilo. And it worked perfectly. And so then we're like, oh, perfect. Then you know what you've got to do in the autumn if you want to lose a kilo or two before the winter. And then Uh, before the winter, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go all in for it. And so in the summer, Nigel made this plan, like, oh, have a salad. And if I was having a salad, I'd, like, have this lettuce. I'd smash in, like, a full thing of feta cheese <laughs> and then, like, all this stuff. And I'd be, like, getting about a thousand calories just from a salad. And then, like, in the autumn, I was going, like, one bit of lettuce and <laughs> 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 trying to get super skinny. And I got really skinny. I just didn't go very fast. So yeah. more of the story is more is not always better. And then you were really skinny the whole season, and then ski tour Sweden Norway came, and then you decided to not be skinny anymore. No, 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 because no, I was just absolute shite from the start of the season. So then I was like absolute wreck, and I was like, right, I'm just too skinny, got no energy. So then I was like, right, I'm just going to go back to eating normal, and then I went back to eating normal. But because I was like super skinny and not used to eating anything, then when I like ate normal and my body just like absorbed everything and so I right before Baito I was seven I the lowest I weighed myself in the morning was like 70 71 kilo that's 70 71 72 kilos and then I weighed myself at the end of December and I was 82 kilos <laughs> <laughs> and so like I wasn't shagged anymore at the end of December I felt like train I could get my heart rate up good it's just I trained all all autumn at 70 to 75 kilos and now it was 10 kilos yeah. heavier so like if you're trying to erase with a 10 kilo weight vest on then it's a bit of an effort and it's no wonder you're bloody slow <laughs> but do you reckon that you went on the smell then in the autumn because you're trying to lose weight too aggressively or or do you just think losing weight is a shit idea for cross-country skiers no 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 it's a weight-bearing sport so Or like, it depends who it is. Losing weight isn't necessarily a good thing. You've got to optimize your weight. For some people, it might be putting on weight, but you've got to fight, you've got to have an optimum weight, and then do adjustments around that. But so for me, seventy uh, two kilos, I think, is too light. But also, you can get to seventy two kilos and not be shanked. But I think if you're trying to do a uh, hundred twenty hours training plus lose all that weight, it's just the total. It's everything all added up together that makes you get a bit shagged. So I think I probably could have got down to 72 kilos if I trained half as much. But if I kept the training volume up and didn't eat and... Yeah. It sounds like super nuts, but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that extreme. Um, but it didn't really help. But like, I, I 
I don't regret it because like you get test stuff and then like yeah. now I know like kind of what my optimal weight is. Um, l- learn quite a lot from the season, so it was a bit banter. But it's like so. This is like four, five years ago now. Four years ago. Nah, that's not. It was ski the year where we had ski tour twenty twenty. Yeah, four years ago. So it's four years ago now. Yeah. It's like you were twenty nine then. Yeah. Because it's like quite often you see like once people reach like 28, 29 and, and like a downtrend yeah. starts to, uh, yeah, yeah. kick in, uh, most of them never turn it around again. Um, but you obviously manage like, how, like, how did you, like, how did you become fucking good after you totally shack yourself? Oh yeah. But see, the thing is, that's, that's what I was saying. Like my results were sh- crap but i wasn't absolute wrecked it was just that i put on lots of weight again and we went up to my normal weight but i wasn't used to training at that weight so then i was just like training with 10 kilo weight vest so i just needed to get do more training at that weight so then i just needed a few months so like after this after the winter i was back to i'd been training and was used to that weight again so then i was just back to a normal training summer um so one so I, I don't think I was actually that shagged, to be honest. I was a wee bit in the autumn, but um, yeah, it, I wasn't like a massively long period. I had a massively long period of crap results, but that was just because I was a bit crap. I remember, I remember. I think it was the COVID year when we started training again. Yeah, with you, I remember you were really bad on the first camp, and then on the second camp, ready, you were back to like your normal level. Yeah, smashing yeah. us on intervals. But was it like a mindset thing where you're like, fuck this shit, I'm going to be a good skier again no matter what? Or was it like, oh, I'll just ski and see where it goes? No, I don't know. I knew I was going to be a good skier. I never thought I was going to be... Well, I knew I wrecked one season, but I wasn't particularly worried about coming back. I never like saw that going to be an issue. I was like, oh, I'm going to come back, start winning races. But I might just be a bit dumb. Or I think I am a bit dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That would explain why you study 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I, or for me, it's just impressive to see, or it was impressive to see at the time because I didn't know you then. And I was like, a, yeah, fucking kid, just watching skiing every now and then. I was like, oh, well, he's shit now. He'll probably yeah, quit in a couple of years. That, that's about it. Because that's like what happens to a lot of people that are like an older age and yeah. like this downtrend kicks you- in. And then you were just like, not shit after. You just like actually the season after you're quite decent, I remember. Probably, but that's like it's much more fun being good than being crap. So like I wasn't so up for having the downward trend. So I was like, <laughs> oh, I'll just try and be a bit better then. I fucking like you're just like <laughs> don't give a shit. You're just like, oh, I just like skiing and I like being good. And there's like no doubt in the mind that you're not gonna be good. Yeah, got. I feel like it helps to if you don't think you're gonna win, then you're never gonna win. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe some people do, but I think you generally got to have a bit of a belief if you're going to be a good athlete. Fucking inspiring here. We're going to get a fucking motivation podcast up. Yeah. This is the worst motivational <laughs> podcast ever. Yeah. If you want to be good, you have to think you'd be good. <laughs> uh, no, but there is like uh, 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 a thing in there that's fucking like the truth is like if you don't believe that you're going to be good yourself, like who else is going to believe it for you? Yeah. That's true, but it, sometimes you need people to believe in you so you can believe in yourself. Though, 
Yeah, just, yeah, it's kind of difficult to just like, you can't just make yourself believe. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to decide today that I think I'm going to win. I've been really shit all season, but today yeah. I'm just going to decide. It's not always so easy as that. I think it might just be, that might be the just type of person I am, a bit naive and always think I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should tell the podcast how you think you're doing on every sprint you're doing. Oh, see, I don't actually think I'm going to win every sprint I'm going to do, but I always think I'm going to be all right. And so, like, every time I every time I do a sprint, I'm like, right, I reckon I'll probably qualify this time. Like, it's not that difficult qualifying. <laughs> and then I'm about five hours behind, not <laughs> even, like, anywhere close to qualifying. And then I get really depressed every time that I do a sprint. And then I wonder why on earth I bother doing it. <laughs> And then the next week, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to qualify. And then it's the same all over again. I get quite depressed. How many sprints points do you have this year? I've got two. I've got two. I would not have got two sprint points if it was two years ago. But seeing as they've changed the World Cup rules so that you get World Cup points for top 50. So I've had a solid 49th spot in one of the sprints. Yeah. Yes. Good work. You rate the system. I rate it, yeah, because it's a big advantage for small countries where you get to do lots of races because just regularly racing benefits you more than just doing a few races and winning. And so then the Norwegians who don't necessarily get to do all the races get a bit shagged by it, whereas I get to do everything. And then and then I get all these sprint points as well. These two sprint points I've got, it's going to make the, all the difference. I'm going to win the overall because <laughs> of them. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what's nice being in the vineyard. Like we came from Trondheim and like hotel food was like rubbish and like it's just like everything's steamed it feels like and everything's like tastes a bit like nothing. Oh, I was staying at home. Trondheim was great. <laughs> yeah. And then we got here and me and Mika was just like so excited about getting good Italian food. And seeing this uh, this really weird thing in the sky. It's like, yeah. I think they call it sun over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're like on the motorway. We're like absolutely blinded. Like, what the hell is this thing? Like, not even joking. It was nice. Yeah. So now we're here in Lavinia preparing for a tourist ski. What's your tourist ski going to be? Like, are you going to win or get a podium or? That would be, that is the main plan. Uh but there's two sprints, so I'm probably going to think I'm going to do really good before the sprints and then get really depressed after both of them, after doing <laughs> rubbish. But what what is good about the sprints this year is there's pursuits after them, and every time there's a pursuit, then it all bunches up. So everyone who gains lots of time on us that faffers at sprinting is going to lose it all again the day after. Yeah, but it's it, so there's the sprint, and then there's an individual 10K classic, yeah. and then there's the pursuit. Oh, on the so, first one. Oh, see, this is what does my head in. So, like, trying to make the sport a bit more easy to understand. And then, like, the way we're doing the pursuits, like, changes halfway through the tour. And nobody knows how the pursuits are going to work. So, the first... How's the first pursuit done? It's the off... The first pursuit is off... The overall or, standings in the tour. Yeah, and the second pursuit is off the day before. But that's... The thing is, you have to... If you think about the pursuits are done off the venue you're at yeah so it's, it's not that complicated yeah but it's still weird that in davos we're doing a pursuit off a sprint it's a bit weird but maybe it's good for me though it's i good like for it you. then but, it's yeah I, I think it'd be fun it's it'll be like it'll be like a mass start well I, d I don't mind it but it's just like for like making it simple to understand because i didn't even know until 
I had to Google the rules the other or two days ago and that or get you to explain the rules to me because I didn't know what we're doing. Yeah, but I did explain to it like three times to you and then you just forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> this is exactly there because it's stupid rules, so they're impossible to remember. But maybe this pops up another question as well. What do we think about pursuits in cross country skiing in general? Because my opinion is they're fucking rubbish. Oh, I, I kind of rate it. I, I like it. I think it's cool. I think it's fucking stupid. Why? Just, just do a mass start. It's much more fun. It's much more fun to do. It's much more fun to see because in a pursuit, it's typically like there's going to be a a few skiers uh, that are just going to wait from the start and they'll chill. And then there's a group that's catching them up and it's going to be a quite big group that's got to go semi-fast. But because it's a fucking big group, like people from behind aren't really going to catch up and then you just end up having a few big groups skiing around and it's ending up in a sprint anyway. Or that's like how the past probably uh, I think all pursuits ever have been in cross-country skiing. Nah, I think it depends a little bit on the course, but I reckon yeah. it's quite a good banter because then, because then that makes it exciting. You're like, oh, are they going to go fast? Are they not going to go fast? Are they going to catch you? Yeah, up? exactly, yeah. But like typically a pursuit of sprint. So you, whereas, like, like all these pursuit of a sprint is a ridiculous thing to do. Because all these good sprinters, they get like the bonus seconds um, and they'll just start. Yeah. I, and, I agree, pursuit of a sprint. Is, yeah, but yeah. pursuit of a sprint is only a tour de ski thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's fucking point, stupid. Like, why and the whole point of tour de ski, right? because the whole point of tour de ski is that you have to be good at both distance and sprint to win tour de ski. So then, then having a pursuit of a sprint is completely... I think it's good. I think it's useless. Just do a just if if yeah, you want to, then it kind of ruins the point of being a good sprinter though, because then it does quite often just bunch back up, and then you lose all the time you got the day before, so you lose the advantage of doing the sprint. Because if you just want to have the good sprinters and the good distance skiers, then you just do a sprint the one day and you'll do a, a individual start the other day, because then you'll get the best sprinters, they'll get their bonus seconds, and the good uh, distance skiers who don't have bonus seconds but can get seconds back in the in the distance race. Yeah, but we get one. We get one of those pursuits with uh, where you get the you keep your bonuses, bonus seconds yeah. of the sprints on the first stage, and then yeah, 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 on yeah, the yeah. stage five. I I think it's quite good. I I rate it. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't mind. I I just thought it's a bit weird that we're doing one one way and the other another way. But what do we but, think about the tour de ski in general? Is is this like the fucking way to go? And it's like this is how the tour should be, and this is super exciting to watch, and it's the center of attention in a season without Olympics or World Championships. Or do we say, well, it's actually a bit boring and what? Nah, it's nobody crap. says it's boring. No, I'm asking. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying. I'm no, asking. no, I think it's uh, no, I think Tour de Ski is great, th- and it's like the only it's the only time of year where you can have races during the week where people are actually going to watch it because everybody's on holiday. That's why we have races in the middle of the week. I think Tour Ski has become one of the like key moment of each season, and I think uh, yeah. I reckon Great. it should be. I, it used to be better though, because there used to be more stages and it used to be harder. Yeah. But then everyone's wet legs and like whine about being hard and they don't want to be away from home and all that. But like, come on, it's like bloody Tour de France. They're away for three <laughs> weeks and doing like eight hours every day, and we go and plod around in some track for twenty minutes a day. It's not that hard. But that, that that's exactly my point. So it sounds so wild. Tour de Ski. Oh, we're having this fucking massive event where it's seven races in nine days. So it's like not that big of a deal and it's not insanely hard and not insanely long yeah see that is like i do a little bit agree with that and people are like 
especially Norwegians, Norwegians are wusses about everything. They're like, oh, no, it's so hard. You've got to rest for like 20 years when you get back. <laughs> and then it's like not actually all that many races. You speak to the biathletes and the biathletes are like, yeah, we do three races, three, four races per week. So we quite often do like six, seven races in like eight days, which is pretty yeah. much the tortoise game. Yeah. <laughs> You'll speak to every cyclist ever, like three, four day stage races in two weeks. That's like normal. That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, a, like a tough week or tough period. That's like normal. Nah, yeah, so but the thing is, like folk was skipping tour de ski when it was too hard so they could yeah bank on like, all the races oh this the whole the, right we're into the most important thing that you were talking about the other day that does my head in as well like cross-country ski is just a bunch, bunch of wet legs it's like the whole not doing oslo 50k business yeah. as well Fuck because me. folk won't turn up to do a 50k the week after the world championships the, this all is like together and like it's ridiculous and like the whole fact that we're thinking about not doing Oslo 50k. It's the most ridiculous thing that's ever happened in cross-country skiing. There's like <laughs> one race in the entire year that anybody bothers to turn up and watch. And then like, I don't know who it is has decided. And they're like, oh no, we're not going to do it. Mm. And oh, it's too hard for people to come and do a 50k mm. the week after the world champs. So instead, we're going to put three races in three days instead of one <laughs> race. How is that? How is this any sort of solution? And, and what, when it's like, People come to actually watch Oslo 50. It's the only race with like a ton of tradition. And then if you do a little 3K or like 10K individual start and not going to Frogneset, nobody's going to bother going into the woods and watch it. Oh. Going to Frogneset is the whole point of the Oslo 50K. Yeah, oh, the whole not doing a 50K is like the most ridiculous uh, suggestion I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. So everybody who's listening to this start a petition and like make sure we're meant to be doing oslo 50 every year because i want to when i'm done skiing i want to go to the woods get smashed and watch people do 50k <laughs> i don't want to go into the woods uh with a set of binoculars and look down at the stadium of people doing uh, three long. times 3.3k loop not going anywhere constructive but like Oslo 50k has been like how long like how long has it been tradition forever yeah basically I, like should, when did the point like when did it start that people were like that atmosphere of like oh I'm so tired I cannot do Oslo 50k there's only one race left after the Oslo 50k but I'm too tired to do it yeah there's such it, and it's like look it's it's like how can that be so hard it's like oh you did a 50k a week before <laughs> but it's like oh, what what do you train all summer for? Like, it's like what? every normal training week where you do like two intervals, oh, three intervals a week. Does my tits in. harder than like a week where you have like two 50Ks. Yeah, and like the Visma Ski Classics folk, yeah. they, they manage to do like two races and uh, a, weekend, yeah. a weekend and they're a bunch of affers. So if they can do it, <laughs> then we should definitely be able to do it. Yeah, true. But just to, to set the record straight, I think Holmenkollen or Oslo and Norwegians don't want to organize a 50k in Holmenkollen the week after the 50k in World Champs in Trondheim for next season. But at the moment, they're still on the long-term plan. They're still written uh, 50k in Oslo uh, on the weekend after Olympics. So, uh, but the rumor is that they only want to organize um 50k in home call and when there's not uh just the week when it's the week after world champs which is currently uh, going to be 
every two years. So uh, we'll have to see about that. And what we talked about in the previous podcast with JC and Emma about um, Drummond not uh, happening anymore, uh, <clears throat> they are still in long-term plan as well. But that's the rumor that we've heard from the organizers that they will not, they're not up for organizing it anymore after after this season but we'll see and we'll we'll have to ask fizz about it i mean i think it was a bit unlucky after planet because lots of people were also ill and that's why there was oh, such but then no like all the then like all the like central europeans like go on about it being oh we've been away from home for so long and oh we're so tired and it's like have you seen the bloody football season they do like so many matches and can you imagine like <laughs> jürgen klopp being like oh i've done a few too many matches i'm just gonna skip a week <laughs> and our season's so bloody short as well it's just like the last weekend in november until march what is wrong with people? But it's like me and Jamie were talking about this the other day um, because I have a massive issue with that whole thing as well. Like people, especially in cross-country skiing, are always complaining that there's not enough money. It's like the teams like money here, teams like money there, athletes don't get paid, uh, athletes don't have enough money. Um, it's like if we want to get money in the sport, like we should be in television, but we can't be on bloody television if we don't race, can we? <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. And then uh, we have four weeks before Christmas. Uh, we're racing four weeks before Christmas now. So we have four weeks of television with like multiple events uh, on a weekend. So next year, we're going to go to three events before Christmas because it's too hard to have four races before Christmas. So we're going to miss another weekend of being on the television. And the start of the season is definitely the most important part of the season because people are hungry for skiing. They're hungry for watching skiing. It's like in March, people are getting fucking bored of the winter. They want to have summer. They want to watch football. They want to watch cycling. Um, so it's like, in my opinion, in the most important time of the year, we'll take away 25% of the racing. It's fucking ridiculous just because we're fucking tired. Well, do we want to earn money with skiing? Yes or no. If we want to earn money with skiing, then we should at least be able to race four weeks in a row. Yeah, we get a little Christmas holiday in Lavinia anyway. Yeah, it does my head in a little bit that folk complain about cross-country skiing being hard and like, oh, been away all the time. To be fair, it is quite dark in northern Finland. It's a bit boring, but like there are much worse things that happen in life than having to go to Finland. <laughs> yeah definitely yeah no for sure i, I think oh, well, it's not always according to Mika because Mika's complaining about us not doing all these races now but he does very much complain about being in northern finland <laughs> I, I complain about being in northern finland but i i did it i was four weeks without a break i went I, from race to race to race to race this i year. will give you that i will give you that Com complaining isn't a isn't a, a crime it's no, just no, no. complaining so much and then just not showing up anymore that organizers are like oh why should we bother them? Oh, and it's That's all, a fucking What industry. does also, it's like always like the Germans and the Italians knobbing on about it being so hard and they've got to go home and all this. And like the Canadian... Oh, the Italians, the Italians, we got to give them that uh, since they're changed to Kramer. Kramer is not going on about it being too hard. Kramer is like, because they're on training camps for like three weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I feel, like, I feel like it's always like, oh, yeah, we're just going to like get really shagged in the summer from doing too many training camps and then <laughs> complain about being away all winter. It was also funny last year when the same people were complaining about racing too much. And then we had this race in, in Tallinn uh, on the Tuesday. And then we had a race on the Friday in Lahti. And there's tons of people that went to do this uh, promotion race in Helsinki. 
on the Thursday. Oh yeah, an extra eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. What on the Wednesday, lines. maybe even. So it's uh, like, a, but still complain that Oslo 50k is too hot. <laughs> oh, anyway, what I was going to say is like, it's always the bloody Germans and Italians and all them complain about it. I'm pretty and sure then, the Swiss didn't turn up in Oslo last year either. Yeah. They didn't turn up in Yalavar as well this year. Yeah. That's no. all. That's one of the best things this season so far. So uh, one of the Swiss guys, Cyril Fendrich, he was fucking good on the season opener in Yalavar. He won the, won the race there. Um, so then you're like, oh, he's, probably going to do really well in the uh, World Cup in Yelivara. And then you hear like, oh, no, but he's not coming because the Swiss, they don't go to Yelivara. And they're like, oh, that makes total sense. There's some weird stuff goes on. I mean, for and us it, sprinters, we I don't, I don't mind having four weekends because like I'm only doing one race. If yeah. I'm tired, I just do a bit, some races less. But like it's it's lots of distance skiers complain about it. So yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The, when they're balanced, they shouldn't complain about it. It's like yeah, that's what I was about to say. Anyway, it's like it's it's always the the Germans going on about they need to go home, and then like oh the Americans and the Canadians and that they're away from that like November to March, like out without ever going home or anything, and yeah, they and they do it every year. So if they can manage that, we we can surely like do Oslo fifty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, also, I think uh, a ton of athletes that are complaining about the racing being too much and too hard, and then they complain about the money. Now, with twenty percent of racing less before Christmas, I think they've also like forgotten that there's like three chances to get prize money are gone now. Yeah. So they'll yeah. like they'll like uh, instantly earn less money next year. Oh, this so I feel like we're all on the same page, yeah. right? Jimmy's athlete rep for for a face, so Jimmy's going to sort out that we're doing Oslo. And yeah, but like, I have I have to represent the voice of the all the athletes. I don't have to represent the voice of just you two. Well, <laughs> the most important uh, voices should be uh, listened to most. But that, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, and like that's... just the whole. Why would you not do Jim uh Mika's sticking his hand raising his hand here, which people can see <laughs> cannot see on the podcast. But anyway, I like I just don't understand how you can not think that doing Oslo fifty. The only race where any, like you go to Black and there's one dude and his dog watching. You go uh, <laughs> you go uh Oslo, there's like hundred thousand people turn up. I don't think it's, <clears throat> it's no. not the athletes decided not to do the Oslo fifty K. Uh, it's a lot it's, of athletes also that decided it. Or they decided by not coming to Oslo fifty K after Planitza. Yeah. Yeah. But then I think it's also the OC and like Fizz that because Fizz, what they want is just organize races with as many people as possible and make yeah. sure that most athletes take part in races. That's why there's no race before the weekend before Tour de Ski and the weekend after Tour de Ski. So we get a maximum of people racing Tour de Ski. We should make some sort of like punishment for people who don't go to Oslo 50. Like but, have to start, like, <laughs> no, but like you're start at the back of the pack or like race nude or something at the next <laughs> no, but, race. Uh, I, uh, I really want to put in something here because I know a bit about cycling. Uh, making a punishment about people not coming. And cycling is very simple. If your team is invited to a race uh, and you show up, with less people than the maximum amount, you pay a fee to the organizer uh, for not showing up with the maximum people. And I think that's fair. Like if Germany, they have tons of skiers. There's like enough people in Germany that can ski. doesn't matter if they're insanely good or not. You'll have skiers that are able to finish the Oslo 50K. If they have five spots and they turn up with one or two people, let them pay a fucking big bill. Like it's, it's them that 
or it's not only the Germans, it's, <laughs> but it's like uh, <laughs> those teams that just don't send their people uh, that make organizers like Holman Cole and be like, oh, why should we even bother doing it if no one's going to come anyway? So in in UC in the UCI they deal with this very very simple. They'll just feed the teams that uh, they'll just find the teams that don't put the maximum amount of starters that they can put up um, to a race. It's difficult. There's like some some teams don't do have like financial issues, but there are also some teams that have like financial issues and they're like, oh, we can't go to the races because we're not got enough money, but we'll pay for you to go for an, on a three week altitude camp in Lviv <laughs> yeah. instead. So there's some teams that do weird stuff. Yeah, so like the prioritizing yeah, with like teams and money is like the first priority there is is like being able to send people to the races. Yeah, the, like, I don't understand the teams that are like, oh, we've got no money, but we're going to do all these ridiculous training camps. What's the point in doing bloody training camps if you can't go to races? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're going to have a um, uh, physio on our races as well. Oh, what's the point in all these? <laughs> why do they have doctors and physios and all this with them? Like, oh. oh but you so, could get a cold and then the doctor could tell you to take a paracetamol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you could, like, just, like lie on a bench and get a massage that does nothing constructive for you and feel really great afterwards. Makes you feel relaxed. Yeah. Your team physio must make you feel extra relaxed. <laughs> That's true, because she's yeah. my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Austria has enough money to send everybody to races uh, and we have money to go to training camps. Yeah, and so, Nicky wants to do the 50k in uh, Oslo as well. Also, I'm doing all the races there, are, so yeah. I... Oh, you did consider not going to Oberhof. I did consider not going to Oberhof, but I'm going to be honest. Oh, to be honest, I, the, can, I can see why <laughs> one would not want to do that. The, the only reason I was considering not to go to Oberhof was because it's in fucking Oberhof. <laughs> <laughs> Oberhof is also a really crap place. But there's lots of people watching, though. No, yo, they might... But no, there's but not. Least. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point. That's what I was about to say, that like, it's just depressing going to Oberhof because it's always like, oh, we're... When we used to go there on the tour to ski, it'd be the week before the bathlon, or this year we're going the week after the bathlon, and they absolutely bloody love bathlon. And there's like a million people there watching, and there's these amazing crowds, and it's great. And then we go there, and there's like the local nursery has forced all the children to go and watch, and there was no one else apart from that. And then it's like when we used to go tour to ski, there would be no snow, and they'd scrape some stones from like the car park, and you would wreck every single set of skis. And they're like, "Oh yeah, sorry, we've got no snow depot that we can use." And then a week later, there'd be bathlon, and suddenly they'd have found a massive <laughs> snow depot that could they could cover the entire course with. So they just don't care about cross country. So it's a stupid. Well, they place must to go. care at least a little bit if they're organizing. I think they care. I think they care. But one of the reasons that also plays very much into my thought of not going to Oberhof is like, there's just a fair chance that it's going to be cancelled anyway. It's like Oberhof's always raining and fucking foggy. And so there's like, there is a fair chance that it's, that you're going to go there. Uh, and it's been fucking good the two weeks before and then it starts raining like three days pre-race and it rains so much and so hard that there's no snow left when it's racing and then you're there and you're like oh i'm in beautiful oberhof and the race is cancelled as well and i wasted a lot of time by going there <laughs> so it's or, just like taking a bit of a chance going there or you'll it'll be there'll be like snow and there'll be a race but it'll be so bloody foggy, you won't be able to see anything on TV. Uh, yeah. You'll just see like these like ghost figures going by and you won't be able to know who's who. Um, 
I feel a bit sorry for Slagan of the overall been, organizers now. <laughs> it's so negative. <laughs> it finished on a positive note, boys. Yeah, like 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 our, our our previous podcast, me and Jimmy were like talking, we're like, oh, we're maybe a bit too positive. At least in this podcast, we haven't been positive about <laughs> anything at all yet. Yeah, Muzzy loves complaining. You must be the person who loves complaining. I do. Lo- and for Muzzy, it's like either it's the fucking best thing ever or it's like the worst thing I've done in my life. <laughs> I remember actually this time in, in teen, we were we was started skiing on the glacier in teen and you were like, oh my God, this is the best glacier in the world. <laughs> and then uh, we had to go back up to take the lift and there was a massive queue of like, we queued for like about an hour or something. And you're like, Oh, this is the shittest place ever. <laughs> no, no, but that, that is true. I stand for what I said. Like, the teen glacier is the best glacier I've been to for skiing. But the absolute setup for getting up and down to the glacier was the worst thing ever. There were just all these yeah. little shit French kids, like, pushing the queue. And you had to, like, stand in the queue for about 10 hours to get up there to do half an hour <laughs> ski. Because if you did more than half an hour skiing, then you would have to fucking walk back down the mountain for five miles to get back. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Like, <laughs> just wasted so much time. That's exactly true with my point. <laughs> Focus on positive things, mate. Yeah, but I was saying it was a good glacier, but it's just a shame that you couldn't utilize the really good glacier because the yeah. whole queuing system is crap. Was... Yeah. Anyway, right. There's tons of people I... in, tons of skiers in the video, actually. Tons of uh, Norwegians. Oh, that was a quick change. Of <laughs> yeah, because yeah, uh, we forgot to talk about this because <laughs> we said we were going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were skiing the other day and then it's like we met like basically whole skiing Norway ever. Yeah, biathletes as well, lots of biathletes. Oh, talking about biathletes. I was talking to this, I was talking to Ender Sturmsheim. Yeah. He's a fucking he, baller, isn't he? Yeah, and he was like, uh, he was saying, oh yeah, where do you live? I was like, oh, Lillhammer. It turns out we're like almost neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he lived in Lillhammer. Right, we were having this conversation earlier because apparently he's an absolute beast when it comes to training. And I was out skiing and met him the other day and was asking about this. And one of the lads... Either Mika or Jimmy had told me about this. And it's definitely not us. And no, it was I one of we were sitting having a conversation because who else would I have heard of heard it was, this uh, from? like I heard it from you. No, you boys told me, and then I asked him about it. <laughs> yeah, but mate, like, you've the, got the a shit is, memory. So. Well, obviously not, because some But the thing is, like Jamie's heard it from you. I've never heard of the name Endres Dremsheim before you brought it up. And you're sure that we told you that he's... Yeah, but who, I'm not spoken to right. anyone else. Tell, 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 tell a story. Tell apparently a story. he's an absolute tank at training because it, uh, he did, in July, 120 hours of training with 15 rest days. <laughs> so he was just averaging eight hours of training a day. What an absolute beast. That's so it's like insane. eight hours of training, rest day. Eight hours of yeah. training, rest day. <laughs> what an absolute legend. And he's pretty good. He was on the podium yes, in the bad. World Cup the other he day. So. second, yeah. Yeah. So I rate that. Maybe I'll try that tactic next year. Yeah. Crazy. He's, that's like uh, Remy standards. Oh, maybe we should actually tell this plan to Remy. He might try it as well. Yeah. Um, we actually have to tell him because he doesn't listen to the podcast. So. <laughs> right. Anyway, I, I was going on about being a big fan of the podcast and I like podcasts because you boys always go on about rumors and you've not been spreading any rumors so far. So give us give us some rumors that have been going about. 
Ähm, ich bin noch so der Spark. Yeah. Ich weiß nicht. Oh. You're not the one supposed to ask questions, mate. <lacht> what are you up to? <lacht> Tell you what, we'll just go down under now, have a nice corner, and then uh, we'll think of a question after. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh, over fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtails ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight! Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh! Hey, jingle. Okay, welcome everyone to the Aussie Corner. You're with your Aussie Corner hosts, Sevi, Lars and Fidel. Hi guys. G'day everybody. And so we're just uh, signing off 2023, final Aussie Corner for the year with um, special edition. Um, it's been a blast guys. We've had so much fun. So many memories and so many great times and uh, responses from our audience. Yeah, yeah, just on that, we really appreciate the support out there, guys. Um, so, yeah, just uh, really feeling humbled and uh, loved from all the uh, messages and uh, support out there. Yeah, and now we might have uh, have something for you um, early next year. Yeah, do we? Yeah, but we, we will just... Simmer on that. Simmer yeah. on that. Yeah, just simmer. Yeah. So for the last um, Aussie Corner of 2023, we're just going to do a bit of a, um, a sort of Aussie Corner um, metaphor game. We've got a few Australian animals um, that we think are very similar to a few skiers we've seen racing on World Cup this period one. Oh, have we? Well, yeah, so um, we had a little bit of a think. Um, uh, we're going to start with sort of an obvious one for me. Um, I think some of you might know the emu, sort of like a tall bird, um, very nimble, um, good at uh, clocking up some top speeds. Um, so the emu is um, is Victoria Carl for me. Um, it's like an Australian ostrich. Right? Yeah. An Australian ostrich, yes. Yeah. It's a big bird. Um, um, for me, I, I'll just go with the kangaroo, uh, big fan favourite, and um, probably just Clabo. Clabo gets the kangaroo? Yeah, what? He's really? fast, he's springy, he likes, he's, he's jumping around, but yeah, just... Um, now we've got, um, bound, uh, like stomping along, we've got Jules Chapin as a, as a wombat, which are actually known to crush the rib cages of dogs if the dogs get into the the dens of the wombats, so they're strong, fierce, and very muscular. And you, you That's don't right. really want to crash. You don't want to hit a wombat with your car as well, because it actually ruins the car um, almost more than it. The car ruins the wombat. Um, tough yeah. little creature that one. Um, I've got so I thought um, a few Australian sea sea life. Um, I thought Ebba Anderson reminds me of a nurse shark. Um, so not quite your great white shark, which is the one in Jaws. Everyone knows a big 
sort of megalodon megalodon like sort of scary brute uh shark but the nurse shark's more of a sort of more of a quiet killer sort of you know sneaks around the uh the reef and um and grabs grabs the odd fish here and there for a dinner and then i think uh talking about sharks even iskin he's just a big hammerhead hammerhead shark shark. Yeah. yeah strong yeah, they're kind of like, people forget about them, don't they? But they're still one of the greats. Definitely. Um, what, what else have we got? Um, and Mika is a cockatoo because like the feathers, he's got bright yellow hair and pale skin. Yeah, Meek of your moon. Yeah, definitely agree with that one. He likes a chat as well, doesn't he? And from, Bit of a from chirp. My, from my college days, just every morning, they're just screeching the whole pack of cockatoos. Del. Yeah, we're a little bit out of hand here. It's bit... so much fun, though. Yeah. Did you enjoy being woken up by the... Yeah. They were sort of Austrian as well, which was good, yeah. Good. <laughs> um, yep, and we've also got... Um, Quang Wang as a koala bear, cute and cuddly, and um, just so that he, he, he can also enjoy this um, comment, I'll just do it in Chinese for you as well. Wang Chang Xiang Wu Wei Xiong Yi Yang Hen Ke Ai. koala bear. Yeah, so hopefully he gets that line. Um, Does he remind you of like a cute little bear? Creature. Yes. They're not bears though. Are they not? Are they not? Koalas. Hopefully it doesn't have chlamydia. No, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? That they do have Yeah. They have quite a lot of chlamydia, don't yeah. they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well hopefully No, they're not koala they're not bears, they're marsupials, obviously, yeah. <laughs> um um, other than that, we also have the pink and grey galah, just a lovely bird, nice colours and like just uh, just a favourite of ours as well. And we wrote down uh, Lauren Jortberg from um, the USA, just quite like spreading joy and happiness around. All oh, the that's lovely. That's lovely. That's absolutely lovely. Um, so that's our Australian Animal um, Masterclass for you guys. Um, yeah. Fidel, anything to add before we wrap up 2023? No, let's wrap it off. Let's wrap it off, yeah. Happy New Year's. Happy, yet. yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yeah. Okay. Ciao. Ciao. Well, that was a bit of an unexpected Aussie Corner, but we'll, it's a Christmas special, so we'll have to accept it. I think it was quite cool. Um, and my question is actually quite easy one. How's the Tinder going? Oh, I've not got, not got Tinder, mate, so it's going pretty it's just, bad. It's just Instagram and Snapchat and these days. <laughs> just, just nothing. I've just... Oh, I've got a lot of Instagram banter on the go because I've got quite a few single mates, and so... I spend a lot of time instead of being at home, like having any like contact with any other human being in the evening. I send a lot of reels about and memes about being single to folks. <laughs> it's pretty much a, a good replacement. Good replacement for what? Human contact. <laughs> yeah. Right. To be honest, I think we. I uh, think we're done. Yeah, we're done. We've talked a lot more rubbish on this episode than on all our other episodes combined um we thought it's good banter if you like it uh leave us a rating uh give us some feedback 
Um, if you ever want to hear Muzzy again on the podcast, let us know. If you think he's a bellend and you don't want to hear him again, uh, let us also know. <laughs> Muzzy, thanks for joining the podcast. Oh, thanks. It's been an honor. It, you're still my favorite podcast, even after slagging me off lots. <laughs> I'm a bit worried how this episode's going to go, to be honest. It'll be good. It'll be good. It's always good. Right. Then, thanks for listening. Ciao. And, uh, for yeah, Merry Christmas. And we'll hear you before. What's you Merry hear, Christmas in Italian? Uh, Buono Natale, I think, or or Buon Natale. Yeah, we'll just yeah, we'll say Buono Natale. <laughs> That's not what it is, but Chi ci ammazza? It means like nobody can kill us. <laughs> okay. okay, great. <laughs> Thanks again, <for laughs> <you>, Mika. <laughs> Have a good one, and we'll see you at Toriski. Ciao. Ciao.